yeah, so last week, um, it was actually really cool timing because um, Gloria and her team had just put together the garden beds. Um, so we have gardening on our minds. And um, it was also a Sunday that some churches um, around Canada and the U.S. Um, call Good Seed Sunday, which is just a time that we remember that God created the world and um, he gave us as humans um, the commission to take care of it and to be good stewards and that um, just gardening and things like that are part of that. And so um, we talked a little bit about that and we had a little prayer for our garden and we did a fun activity outside around the garden and where did Sarah go? Okay, so Eleanor, what did we do? We did a scavenger hunt. We did a scavenger hunt looking for some garden things. So everybody who is there, can you tell me one or two of the fun things that we found on our scavenger hunt? What did we find, Sarah? We found a bird flying, and we found a flower blooming. A bird flying and a flower blooming? What else did we find? We found a bird's nest and an acorn. Or, or seeds that were similar to acorns. We, we had an open interpretation of our, our scavenger hunt. Judah, what else did we find? We found some hose nest. Mm-hmm, a hose, yeah. And Pax, what else did we find? Well, we did find a, f- a, a hose and a worm. We found a lot of worms. We turned over a planter because that was Annika's awesome idea and there were a lot of worms there and we had a good time with that. So that was fun that we got to be outside in God's creation and just enjoy some things. Um, and then something that we're, we're working on um, is we're carefully coloring, too many papers in my hand, these awesome p- coloring pages. Um, and when we're done with them, I'm gonna get them laminated and we're thinking we're gonna put them up on the garden boxes. So. Um, we'll have some decorations. That'll be all ours. So we're just really enjoying that. So ladies, can you help me read what's on our coloring pages? You shall be a watered garden. You want to read it too? Mm-hmm, I guess. Or do you want to read what the verse, what the verse reference is? Mm-hmm. Isaiah 58, 11. Isaiah 58:11. There you go. So, we will keep working on these in Sunday school and then you'll see them brightening up our garden beds. So, thank you. Awesome. Thanks guys. So, I'm going to hang on to them until Sunday school, okay? Fantastic. Thank you guys. Thank you teacher Jessica. Whew. I wish I got some lemonade in here today or something. What a workout we had this morning. That was so awesome. So who, who can remember, grown-ups or kids, but kids can answer first if they can get there, what is the name of the book or the teaching series that the grown-ups in grown-ups church have been doing? Does anybody remember? I saw Christine. I saw, you're down, you down front in the sparkly shirt. The Good and Beautiful God. The Good and Beautiful God. That's right. And we're going through a whole book about the good and beautiful God. And so I guess the first question, well, actually, I just would like to pray to God for a minute. Can you guys put yourselves in a quiet place with your hands or your bodies for a minute while we pray? God, dear Heavenly Father, 
Thank you so much that you are good and you are beautiful. Help us as we talk together today to show us more of how you are good and beautiful and how can we can be like you. I ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I have a question this morning. How do you know that God is beautiful? Wait, I can't see John over here. How do you know that God is beautiful? Judah, what do you think? Okay, Judah says he feels like he knows that God is beautiful because of the beauty of how the world looks in nature. Is there anybody else who would agree with that? Could you just put up your hand? So, Judah, if you want to, you can look and see. There's a lot of other people here who think the same thing that you think. So there's a lot of people who agree with you. Do you guys know there's actually a verse in the Bible that says that the world talks about the beauty of God? Did you know that? One of the things that Eleanor and I are learning together as part of our homeschool is that Eleanor is in grade two, and she's learning about simile and metaphor. Grown-ups, who can describe what a metaphor is? Someone? A comparison between two unlike things. Thank you, Dan Pentelti, teacher in residence. And so, so I want to read something to you, and a simile is Eleanor what? In a sentence that says like or as. Right. Thank you very much. Using the words like or as. Exactly. So listen to this, and everybody here, you tell me what metaphor the writer of this psalm is using. The heavens tell about the glory of God. The skies show that his hands created them. Day after day, they speak about it. So this says that the skies are talking. Day after day, they're speaking about the glory of God. Night after night, they're making God's glory known. But they don't use sound or words, and no sound is ever heard from them, but their voice goes out to the whole earth, and their words go out from one end of the world to the other. So what what do you think this writer's talking about when he said the heavens and the skies are declaring the glory of God? I'm going to ask Sophia this time because I asked you last time, Judith. What do you think, Soph? Okay, so Sophia says she thinks that the skies are just so beautiful. It looks as if they're just proclaiming God's glory. And I feel that way, for sure, when I'm out in nature. One of my first clear memories of thinking about God... Oh, did you want to say an idea too, Levi? You tell me later if you remember. One of my clear memories is being with my dad, and we were standing next to a waterfall. And my dad... Was, is a man who loves God a lot, but he didn't talk a lot about God every day. But we were next to a waterfall, and we were looking at this incredibly beautiful thing, and he just said how anybody could look at something like that and still say that there is no God. That is beyond me. And then he just walked down the trail, 
And I remembered it forever, and I was probably maybe nine or ten years old at the time. But it stayed with me. So I agree with you guys. Is there anybody else who thinks that there's a way other than looking at the creation or the planet? How else do we know God's beautiful? Somebody back there. Mrs. Rose, how do we know God's beautiful? Oh, (laughs) Mrs. Rose thinks that God is beautiful because she sees him in my face. Do you think that she's just talking only about me? I don't think so. Who do you think she's talking about? Just me or who's she talking about? Okay, somebody turn to somebody next to you. And if you feel brave, look at them and say, I see God's beauty in you. Try that for just a second. I see God's beauty in you. I see God's beauty in you. I see God's beauty in you. I see God's beauty in you, Kenny. Back at you. It's so true. We just see. And people who are pumped up, just call out for me a few more things. How do you see God's beauty in the world? Judah, in his birth, in the birth of Jesus. You can just call out, Judah. What do you think? Where do you see? Because of what God does. Okay, like what do you mean by that? Like his miracles. Okay, I agree. Somebody else, how do you see God's beauty? He sends us angels. Somebody else, anybody else? When people who don't like each other start liking each other again, I think that's a miracle, Miss Gloria. Yeah, how we feel inside. That's how we see God's beauty, Miss Jessica. Oh, so God made us in his image, and when we make beautiful things, we see God's beauty in the art that we make. Okay, so we've covered the beautiful part, so now here's the second part of the question, and this is the whole, the grown-ups are concentrating on a whole chapter on this, is how do we know that God is good? Sophie, I see that hand. He does miracles for our well-being. Okay, so you feel like that's how you see the goodness of God. Anybody else? How do we know God? I don't know. How do we know God is good? He's gracious. That, somebody should write a song about that. That would be a good tune. Graham, could you get on that? The Lord is gracious and compassionate. I think it's going to be a hit. Um, okay. Christine, how do we know God's good? Okay, so Miss Christine says she feels like she sees the goodness of God just because of how God gave Jesus to us. Judah, what else did you want to share? Because of his love, we know God is good. Yeah, Mr. Peter, because... Oh, because he keeps the good world going. It's a deep one. I think it's deep thoughts. Let's read together our second reading now, which is there on the screen. So, Dan, would you read the first slide for us, please?
Amen. And somebody else with a nice loud voice. Kim, do you, do you mind reading? You have such a great loud reading voice. Do you mind reading for us? Oh, sorry, I forgot to... <laughs> This is the good news of Christ. So we were reading, for those of you who are listening on, on podcast, we were reading from 1 John chapter 4 um, in the um, New International Readers version there. And um, Peter, do you mind going back to the last, the second slide of that reading for us? So, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to come back to this in just a minute. But I have a question for you. Have you ever had anybody say, how is it possible that the world is so good? I mean, there's so much goodness all around the whole world. People are nice to each other when they should be mean. There's so much beauty. Things are so incredibly amazing. Nature all around us is beautiful. The world is so good. How is it possible that the world is so good? Have you ever had anybody ask you that question? No. It's very interesting. There's something about being human that often we tend to ask, or other people tend to ask, sort of the opposite question. Have you ever had anybody say, why is the world so bad? If there's really, just a second, so if there's really a good God, how could there be so much pain in the world? How come people are so mean to each other? Why is there so much pain and suffering? But I was reading a story about a lady whose daughter brought her a whole armful of flowers. And then she said to her mama, Mama, why is there all this beauty here? Where did all this beauty come from? And the mama said, you know, we don't really ask that very often. We seem to be really good at humans at saying, where did all this pain come from? Where did all this misery come from? But you guys have already been teaching us this morning that there's a lot of evidence in the world for God being beautiful and good. So I have a question for you, though. Have you ever had anything happen to you, anybody, that made you wonder if God was really good? Yeah, so if you have. Some, anybody else? Any grown-ups? Have you ever had anything happen to you where you, it made you wonder? It really helps our kids if you're honest, because then they can look around and see that other people go through this. Lots of times where you wondered, if God is good, how could this happen? How could this sad thing happen? And sometimes we think if something bad happens to us, we can get a mixed up idea and think that it's sometimes because of something that we've done. And even grown-ups think this way. Buddy, if you want to play with that box, can you go over to the side on the carpet? It's just really noisy. Can you drive your car over there? Pax's dad had to go drive Amy home. She's a little bit sick. Or is this okay? Is this bugging anybody, this noise? Okay, nobody but me. Awesome, that's fine. I'm the mom. I can tune it out. Okay, so, um, so can somebody look at this reading here? And what does it say? If we have fear that we're going to get punished... 
that something bad is going to happen to us. What does it say about say in those readings at the end there? Anybody, no matter how old you are. What's that talking about? We don't We still have to learn something. Right? What did you think? Sophie had your hand up. What did you what did you think it's talking about? It's really interesting. So Sophia said that makes her think that if we're feeling afraid, we don't have love to give. And it's interesting. It says fear has, in this reading that we just read, it says fear has to do with being punished. But there's a lot of people, what we're doing when we're going through this series is we're looking at our ideas that we can have sometimes as humans. And then the ideas that Jesus brought when Jesus taught about God. Do you know that there was a couple times when Jesus was alive where people actually came to Jesus and they said to him, Jesus, look at this bad thing that happened here. Once there was a tower, and the tower fell down, and people died in the time that Jesus was alive. And some people came to Jesus and said to him, Jesus, did this happen to these people because they did something bad? And what did did Jesus say when that happened? Does anybody know what he said? What do you think he said? Do you think that they died because something bad they did something bad? No. That's what Jesus said. No. (laughs) He said it with more words than that, but essentially he said no. And then actually he said, and you all need to repent otherwise, because this is fate kind of worse than death. So repent and get your focus right. No, they didn't die. There was another time there was a man and he was blind. And back then people thought that if you were blind, it was because you did something bad. And people thought even babies in their mama's wombs could do something bad. And so they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, who did the bad thing to make this guy blind? Did his mom and dad do the bad thing, or did he do the bad thing? And has anybody heard this story? Anybody have a guess what Jesus said? You think? Somebody else? What do, you, do you know, Sarah? I'm, these guys have all answered lots of questions. What do you think Jesus said? What do you guess? Bingo. Do you know what he said? He said, the mama and daddy did not sin. The baby, the guy who's now grown up, he did not sin. And then there's a period at the end of the sentence, and then he says... Let God be glorified. Let God be glorified. That whatever has happened through this bad situation, whatever has come from this horrible time, whatever has come from this misfortune, let God be glorified. And Papa Gordy has even talked about that, that there's some translations where there's a comma, and he said his understanding is there's a full stop. There's a period there. Nobody sinned. Full stop. Let God be glorified. So why do you think it's important for us to have the same belief about God that Jesus had? Why do you think it's important for us to have minds that think thoughts like Jesus thought? Anybody. Why do you think it's important for us to know what Jesus thought and the God that he believed? You're on a roll. What do you think? So that we're... So that we're yeah, so we can go into heaven. Yeah, if we think the same thoughts that Jesus thought. Anybody else have, you know, as long as we know that it's not our good thoughts that get us into heaven, right? It's our, our belief in Jesus, right? It's just us believing in Jesus. Not anything we can do, right? Nothing we can do. Yeah, what's... So that we get the larger understanding of God and 
Okay, so, so that we could gain a larger understanding of God so our belief can be stronger. I would agree with that. What do you think, Christine? Yeah, if we believe as Jesus believed, we can understand God correctly. Jesus' longing for us was that we would have his mind. Paul, the apostle Paul wrote, you guys are all studying about Paul right now, right? He said, you can have the mind of Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So I was talking to my kids about this and saying to them, what do we do when bad things happen? How do we know that God is still good? And they said, oh, yeah, we learned about that already in Sunday school. I said, you did? They said, yeah, we learned about that already. So primary kids, you've already seen this little clip, this video clip that we're going to show, but the grown-ups haven't seen it. And when Mr. Wade and I watched it, we thought it was so good that we wanted all the grown-ups to see it. So if Mr. Peter could play our video for us. So this is what the kids have been learning in our primary class about how, what do we do, how do we understand when bad things happen? What do we know about God? But from the book of Acts, we know lots of amazing things that happened to Paul. More than once, an angry mob tried to kill him, but God saved him. He was shipwrecked, but God saved him. He was bitten by a poisonous snake, but God saved him. Wow, God saved Paul over and over. God is amazing. But what about Stephen? What? What about Stephen? An angry mob wanted to kill Stephen, and God didn't save him. Why did God save Paul, but not Stephen? Didn't God love Stephen as much? Oh my, that's a good question. That's a tricky question. It must be time for... Tricky Bits with Buck And now it's time for Tricky Bits with Bill. God saved Paul from an angry mob, but he didn't save Stephen. And when Peter was arrested, God sent an angel to free him from prison. But the apostle James was arrested at the same time, and James was killed. No angel showed up to save him. So why does God save some people from trouble, but not others? Yeah. If God loves us all, why doesn't he save us all from getting hurt or dying? Why doesn't he stop all the bad stuff from happening? There's a short answer and a long answer. The short answer is, we don't exactly know. Unless God tells us in the Bible or speaks to us in another way, we can never know for sure why God does one thing and not another. That's the short answer. I'm hoping the long answer is more satisfying. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The long answer is this, a world free from sin and death, free from all the bad stuff that we all hate so much, is exactly what God has planned for us. That's the whole point of his rescue plan, to bring us into that kind of world, the kingdom of God. So when Jesus healed someone or kept someone from dying, when God saved Paul from a shipwreck or Peter from prison, those were little tastes of the kingdom of God. Like getting a little nibble of an amazing feast that you're going to have later on. That's part of God's plan to show us his kingdom. But Jesus didn't heal everyone around him. 
He didn't keep everyone around him from dying. And even Paul was killed eventually. Wait, he was? It's true. We know from the early Christians that Paul did get to tell Caesar about Jesus, and Caesar let Paul go free. Yay, that's fantastic. Yes, it was. Paul had spread the good news all the way to the king of the entire Roman Empire, the most powerful man on earth, just like Jesus predicted. But then a new Caesar came along who didn't like the Christians. He arrested Paul and a bunch of others and had them all killed. That's not happy at all. We live in a world where bad things happen. God has a plan to make all the bad things go away, to heal what is broken. Because of our broken world, sometimes other people hurt us. Sometimes our dogs get lost. Sometimes our grandmas and grandpas get sick. And so like the apostles prayed that Peter would be rescued from prison, we pray that that God will bring our dogs back, will heal our grandmas and grandpas. And sometimes to give us a picture of his love and the perfect world that is coming, God makes the bad things stop. He brings our dogs home. He he heals our grandmas and grandpas. And we say thank you because we've been given a taste of what it'll be like when all the bad is gone. But sometimes our dogs don't come back. Sometimes our grandmas and grandpas don't get better. Sometimes we hurt really badly. But that hurt reminds us that we're not there yet. That the kingdom of God, though it started, isn't yet fully grown. But we have hope. Hope that a world without hurt is coming. A world that we've already tasted through the amazing things that God has done. This is the hope that lives inside everyone who follows Jesus. Wow, that's really amazing. The hope of a future where all the bad stuff is gone. A world without hurt. Paul was filled with that hope. Stephen was filled with that hope. Even when the angry people were killing him, his face shone like an angel, and he looked up to heaven and saw Jesus looking down at him. The hurt reminds us that we're not there yet. We have hope that a world without hurt is coming. And we have hope that we've already tasted through the amazing things that God's already done. And this is the hope that lives inside all of us that follow Jesus. Or at least we hope it does. The thing is, is that sometimes it's easier to think that if we do something good, we'll get blessed, and if we do something bad, we'll get punished, because we're human, and we like to be in control. We like to think that we could have some kind of control over what happens to us, and it's really hard to admit that ultimately we have to just trust in people around us who sometimes hurt us, but ultimately to trust in God who never hurts us. There's a verse that Paul wrote in his letters. You guys have all been studying about Paul's letters. And he said this. He said, The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. But one of the things I learned from the Good and Beautiful God book 
was that when a lot of people who translated the Bible translated it, they translated it by saying, I live by the faith, I live by faith in the Son of God. But what the writers were saying is that it actually makes more sense. It's a more tra- correct translation to say that we live by the faith of the Son of God. Like Jesus actually has faith in us. Did you want to say, say something, Nori? That's right. Eleanor was just sharing, for those of you who don't know, that the letters of Paul are called the Pauline epistles. Yes. So the great thing is, is that when we don't always have faith that God is good, the verse says that Jesus actually has faith for us, that Jesus had doubts. Who remembers in the story of when Jesus was in the garden? Do you remember what he said? Do you remember that, Judah? What did he, do you remember what Jesus said? What did he say? He prayed, and he said, yeah, and he asked his friends to stay with him. Stay awake. Yeah. Anybody else remember what happened in the time? You can go ahead, so, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So he said, "Daddy, Abba, Father, if I don't have to do this, I don't have to die on the cross. Will you take it away from me? But if I have to, I'll do it." And so Jesus had a hard time, but he believed, and he believed for for us, right? He did what he needed to do to save the world, exactly, and so. There might be some people here today who are facing a really hard time that it might be really hard for you to believe that God is good. And it's encouraging for me to remember that Jesus believed for us and Jesus is still believing for us and that Jesus is praying for us and that we participate in the faith of Jesus that's already there. And so... Jesus promised us, he said, you know what, guys? In this world, you're going to have what? Who, who knows what he said? You're going to have troubles. Don't, I promise you, this world is hard. But then does anybody know what he said next? Grown-ups, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. There's another version that says, I've already won the battle over the whole world. I've already won the battle, so be encouraged. And so if we have today, we got a taste of heaven. When we were praising God and we were dancing and worshiping and singing, that is what heaven is going to be like all the time. I can't wait. Did you like that little taste of the banquet that you got today? I loved that. That was so fun. Thank you so much, all of our friends that came to do special music with us today, because that was so fun to have that taste of heaven. But maybe today you're feeling like, all I can see is the kid in my class that bullies me, or the person I work with that bullies me, or that I don't really know how I'm going to solve this problem with my friend, or I don't really know how I'm going to solve this problem with my mortgage, or what do I do when I get sick, or what do I do when somebody else gets sick? 
We participate in the faith of the Son of God. What did you say, Jude? We pray. And does anybody else know? Mr. Rick, can you bring out our things for this table here? So you can probably guess why I'm going to bring this table over here. What do you think we're going to do today? What do we do when we get together? Communion, that's right. And what does it mean when we do communion together? How is it that we participate in the faith of Jesus when we take communion together? Somebody who's not a kid. You've all had it so easy. The kids have done all the work today. They've answered all the hard questions. Grown-ups, what does it mean to participate in the faith of the Son of God? To have communion. What does it mean to you to have communion? What was that, Miss Monica? We're saved. Somebody else, what does it mean to participate with God in communion, Matt? You join with him and you identify with his suffering. We hope that Jesus is sharing in our sufferings. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we have a high priest in heaven that understands all the hard things that we go through. Do you think that you could say, oh, you, did you were going to say something? Mr. Rick, what do, you, what do you think communion? What is that about for you? Okay. Right. So this is a remembrance, right? Does anybody remember that? So on the night before Jesus died, he was with his, who was he with? His disciples, his friends. And he took the bread and he held it up to his friends. And he said, this is my body. This is my body, and it's broken for you. And he said, when you do this, remember me. Remember me. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks to God. Can you believe that? He was about to go get beaten up and killed. And he said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then he said to all of his friends, this is my Land, which is poured out for you. It's the new promise. It's the new covenant. And when you do this, remember me. So we have lots of visitors and friends today. But do you guys know, kids, especially if you want to, you can stand up and you can look at all the visitors because the visitors can see you. Do you guys know that these are your brothers and your sisters? That even though we've never met each other before, we are brothers and sisters because of what Jesus did for us. And so when we come together and we have this 
little meal, this remembrance of this meal, we remember what Jesus did, and we're all family together. So the way that we're going to receive communion together is we're going to come up the center aisle and receive at the front, and then if you're able to scooch back down the sides to your pews, you can do that. We don't have any special requirement for receiving communion in our church other than you have made the decision to follow Jesus and follow after him all the days of your life. And if you haven't made that decision or you haven't reaffirmed that decision in a while, if by taking this bread and this juice today you would reaffirm that decision, I invite you to do that too. And I encourage you to talk with somebody here about that. Do you guys know you're all set up, but do you guys want to receive communion first or do you want to get it later?